Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Slavic Bros Podcast. My name is Tyler, and this is my friend Austin. Well, guys, how's it going? Hope everyone's doing good tonight. And today, we actually have a really awesome guest on us with us. So, do you want to introduce yourself, Sammy? Sure. Um, Sammy, or Samantha Hill, um, big fan of your guys's since I found you. I don't <laughs> even know how long ago, but it's just been great listening and learning from you guys. Yeah, awesome. So... Uh, the reason that we have you on here today, we're about to do a really cool episode that Austin and I have like wanted to do for what do you think, like weeks, maybe like, well, over a month, or... almost over a month, I think at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, we've been wanting to do a comparison video on uh, Slavs and like Latino culture, Latina culture, however you want to say it here. And before, I think was it last week we did one on um, it was like Czech or largely like Czech and Slavic music compared with like Latin and Latino music. And we're trying to like a kind of like a mini series almost. So I guess this is part two of that. Yeah, we, we should have done this one first, but like our goal is kind of to do a mini series with this, like you know, to like do several different episodes to kind of examine the relationship between Slavs and Latinos in the U.S. Um, we have an upcoming episode we want to do on um, both Czech and uh, Mexican or Tejano music in Texas. So we want to kind of have this like be like an evolving conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And Sammy here, like she said, is a massive fan. She's there all the time. And I think it was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was during one of our lives, we got into talking something about that. And you mentioned your, uh, your like your dual ethnicity type stuff. And we were like, oh, that's cool. And so we reached out to you and we were like, oh, you are the perfect fit for this. You can speak on this far more than any of us can. So luckily, <laughs> luckily for us, we're going to be asking you a lot of questions. You'll be doing a lot of speaking for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even can't remember how it got started, but, um, yeah, you guys brought up like the similarities between yeah. like culture. I'm like, I'm exactly half and half, half Ecuadorian, half Polish mixed with some Czech. So I was like, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. So getting right into it, how do you think that um, like affected your upbringing or, or did it in any like uh, huge capacity? I noticed you have the flag behind you, but did you notice like maybe one side dominating over the other or was it very 50-50? That's a really good question. So um, I'd say 50-50. So to kind of give you a little bit of a background, my parents are originally from Chicago. Mom born and raised in Chicago. Dad born in Ecuador, moved to Chicago when he was about nine. Um, so they moved out to Arizona and that's where my sister and I were raised. So growing up, I legit was like half and half. I didn't know. Like I present white, but then... I also kind of, you know, I have friends that are also Hispanic. I blend in there. So it was really kind of hard to differentiate. When we'd go back to Chicago, I identified with my Polish cousins. If I'm in Arizona with my Ecuadorian cousins, I fit in there. So really split down the middle. That's a, that's really interesting, man. Of course it was Chicago. <laughs> Where else would all the uh, Poles and Czechs and all that be? <laughs> that's, um... I'm pretty jealous of you because honestly, it, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like growing up, you probably had some amazing food in your house. <laughs> oh yeah, <I'm> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say growing up, it was more the Hispanic um, Latin food that my dad's mom would cook for us, and that I grew up around. Um, but then I was also like babysat by my great grandma who was Polish, so I had some. And then it wasn't until maybe like teens when we would go back to Chicago and we really learned about Czech cuisine. Um, but grew up mainly eating like pierogies and glomki, very simple dishes. So 
Yeah, but the food was amazing. Still is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's that's really awesome. I'm so jealous of that. Uh, did you notice? Um, or I guess I should try to say like, did you did you learn any of the language for either Spanish uh, or Polish when you were growing up, or was that just like like just kind of out of it? Um, kind of, I was like self-taught. So my great grandma would kind of say some things like Jean Dobre, very simple oh, yeah. stuff. Um, my grandparents didn't really speak it. Now they're trying to teach us a little bit Spanish. Um, my dad tried and my sister and I'd be like, no, dad, speak English. So we had to learn Spanish in school, but we knew of it, you know, grandparents spoke it. Um, and then now my sister and I are trying to teach ourselves Polish. So <laughs> love the emphasis on the the trying portion <laughs> it's hard it's, it's so hard mm -hmm. um, i have to ask too so growing up with both cultures do you feel like you sort of identify with one more than the other or was it kind of like both equally um i'd say both equally and i think just being in the southwest it was easier to identify more Hispanic. Um, there's not a huge Slavic culture out here. I mean, I think it's starting to, and I think more now that I'm more aware of it, um, like we have an Our Lady of Chestahova, so they have a big festival once a year. Um, we started going to that, and I think that helped a lot more to identify more with like the Slavic part. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's awesome. It's, uh, it's kind of similar for me, um, obviously. I'm down here in Florida now, just for the time being. But of course, I live up in Virginia. There's not much of a Slavic community of sorts up there. Um, closest for me would be up in Pennsylvania. And so we have like the Our Lady of Chestahova in Pennsylvania as well. It's like a massive thing. But that's like, it's, it's kind of similar. I don't have that immediate thing. Like I had to really kind of like look for it myself. Mm -hmm. um, we just don't have that ethnic group really there. So it, it, it kind of sucks, but you, you just get creative with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I can definitely relate to like how like, you know, like you grew up in a very like Latino influenced environment because, you know, that's how Texas is, too. And the Texas Czech community is quite that I grew up with is quite distinct in many ways from other Czech communities. And I think part of it may be because of some um, Mexican influence on the culture. Yeah. And I hadn't really even like put two and two together until you guys kind of brought that up. I mean, growing up, you hear Ranchero music and very similar get togethers, but I never put two and two in together until you guys brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, the same with me too. Like I, you know, grew up in Texas. I had like, you know, like Hispanic slash Mexican friends. And I had like, you know, my Czech community and Czech friends and like our musics were very similar. Like our customs were really similar in many ways. And I just never thought about it. I was like, you know, like the Mexicans have like Norteño and Tejano, we have polka. And it wasn't until like I moved to DC that I started to see similarities and now since moving to Florida, you know, it's there's lots of Latino influence here in Florida, too. But it's more like Cuban and like Dominican, Puerto Rican. So it's pretty different than like, you know, Mexican culture. And that really made me realize, like, you know, that our musics are really similar to each other, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very festive, very loud. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really not like it's kind of just like the icing on the cake of it, too, because honestly, we've noticed there's just so much in common. Uh, I guess like as a generalization between a lot of like Latino cultures as well as with the Slavic cultures, I guess like for me, the biggest thing that comes to mind, especially is like how like the families are mm -hmm. um, it like stereotypically like, you know, Latino and Hispanic cultures are very tight and they have like a very strong sense of like 
what it means to be a family. The community is very like prevalent and stuff. Uh, and oftentimes that's how it is for Slavic communities. Uh, like maybe not as much in America anymore, just as like people have like assimilated more and uh, started to lose a little bit of that. But like over overseas in like Europe and all that, you still have a lot of that. And like we see that and we, we admire that. And we think that's really cool because a lot of places, namely in like Western Europe, they seem to have lost that in our eyes. Yeah, I've noticed that too. And it's almost, um, I want to say like matriarchal because once my dad's mom passed away, we all just kind of fell apart. Like, and we just grew up. So like the family get togethers definitely just fell apart. We don't get together as much with like the cousins. Um, and then I think just being away from like the Polish side and the Czech side, I grew up hearing like all these awesome stories of all these big weddings and, you know, mom grew up having sunday lunch and dinner with her bubby and for whatever reason like that just didn't transfer when they moved out west but i know like that's something that i want to do in the future like when we start having kids like i want to bring that back Ooh, oh yeah that sounds amazing like yeah. that would be a great tradition i think to bring back um because i grew up with like you know the sunday dinners of my grandma's and it's just so good to get the whole family together and everything i think and um Kind of like you said, too, in my case, I think a lot of what holds us together is my grandma, actually, because, like, you know, my grandpa is very proud to be Czech and Slavic and everything, but, like, the one who's actually doing the work and, like, you know, kind of getting the family all together, 100% my grandma. So, like, you know, it's one of those things where I think Slavic women kind of just, like, wear the pants and just kind of are able to get things going. I'm curious on your thoughts, though. Do you think that, like, Latina, Latinos are kind of the same way in that aspect? Like, they're kind of what binds the family together in instances? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I think it all just stems to like, they're super caring not to discount grandpas or anything. They very much are too, but just, <laughs> they want to see everyone together. Like they've made their family in a lot of circumstances, you know, they emigrated somewhere, they had a rough start. So they want to see the generations all together and like, look how far we've come, look what we've put together. Um, yeah. Definitely. Cause I just had a great grandma. She lived to be like over a hundred, mm. same kind of thing. Like at her hundredth birthday, cousins from everywhere came. So oh. for whatever reason, they're just like the glue that holds it all together on both sides. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you, you highlighted that, like the matriarchal part of that. Um, I, for both like Czech and Polish cultures, like, especially we have that, I know my mom being a Polish American, it's it's <laughs> it's really funny because I, I love her to pieces. She's such a kind lady. She's like your your southern southern lady, but like a Polish lady at the same time. And uh, <laughs> I, I just remember being scared of her so much when I was a kid. Like when one of my sister and I messed up, we were like, "Oh shit!" Like it, it's not good. It was like a it's like a volcano it goes from zero to one hundred. You do not want to get in the way mm -hmm. of a Polish lady. You always want to be on her good side. You always want to be there doing the correct things. If not, oh my. God, the whole apple cart will tip and flip over. It is just not a good situation all around. See, <laughs> yeah. I have the opposite. Like, my great-grandma was so calm. Like, I don't remember her ever getting mad. And then her grandma, or her daughter, my grandma, is the same way. Just that really calm. But, and then my mom's the same. It's, so my sister and I kind of pinned it. Like, they didn't really explode, but it's that quiet, like, if you messed up, you're disappointing them more. And they're not going to come flying at you, but you know that like deep down, they're probably upset. And it's like, that kept us in line. Like we didn't want to screw up because we knew like that'd be a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my mom, most of the time she employed what we call either like Polish guilt or yeah. Catholic guilt. And yep. so um, 
she did that most of the time, but like if if you really like just got in that like you I mean you find a way to like trigger her, it was just so bad. Um, but she would always find ways like just like get inside your head psychologically. And it's such a Polish thing I've heard from so many Polish families, like the same thing over and over, like the Catholic guilt, like that that doubt was in your mind, like, oh my god, I'm disappointing her. And it's uh yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to see that. I would say time. But my mom is the same, like, you know, it's a lot of, like, this guilt getting in your head, like, trying to subtly get you to do things without, like, directly saying it. But a difference between my mom, I think, and your mom, Sam, Samantha, is that my mom is pretty loud and temperamental. Like, she will, she will go, <laughs> go crazy. And my grandma and great-grandma are the same. Like, they're, they seem calm at first if you don't know them well. But, like, if you're around family or friends, they'll go crazy. Like, they... <laughs> have no filter and like they'll just start yelling <laughs> that's funny i know i think you guys mentioned like once like the whole like chonkla thing like that's more <laughs> like the hispanic side i've seen that more like on my hispanic side of the family that tempers flew there for mm -hmm. sure <laughs> mom and grandma was the same thing like we don't call them chocolates we call them papucha they will throw a papucha at you they'll hit you with it they'll hit you with a spatula the rolling yep. they'll, they'll get a varechka or a wooden spoon and hit you wherever they can reach with it like they <laughs> They will get mad. <laughs> I don't get it. It's just like those cultures that they pick something up and throw it. I, I don't, it like defies the laws of physics. It will like arc around a corner and get you. And you're like, how? <laughs> right? Boomerang style. Like it will find you and it will hit you. Yeah. Luckily, we didn't need it too much as kids, but I mean, the threat was there and we knew. <laughs> yeah. I needed a lot as a kid. I was a bad kid. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I know all of this because like my mom. Like, when she got, like, for me, it was, you know, like, my, my parents, you know, they weren't abusive or anything. They were great parents. They just, you know, I needed to be disciplined at times. And, like, <laughs> at one point, like, she was, like, I, I, she would hit me, like, on my, you know, she spanked me. And I would be, like, laughing. So, since she'd get the belt, and I would say things like, oh, that doesn't hurt. And then I moved to the spatula. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was my sister. She, uh, she, she typical second born, had to push the limits and test it for sure. <laughs> It's funny. For me, I learned real fast not 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 to mess around that much. It, it only took a couple of spankings and whatnot, and bam! I was I was like, "Yep, nope, I, I'm good to go." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then my mom switched to more of the uh, psychological, uh, you know, Polish guilt methods. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worked. It worked. I, I like to think I, I turned out fine. Uh, hopefully, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess um another thing I, I want to point out too. I'm pretty sure you're gonna agree with this. Slavs and like Latinos, Hispanic people, all that stuff have a very good defined sense of like a work ethic. Um, mm -hmm. throughout like Europe, like you'll find like Slavic people, like you know, I'll put point out England as an example. There's a lot of like stereotypes in England where like Polish people will be in there serving like manual labor or construction jobs, like for the most part. Um, and of course, we have those stereotypes here in the US as well, but. Yosers, like, they're working their asses off. They're working super hard. They're doing everything and like basically being like kind of the backbone of it all. Do you, mm -hmm. do, do you find that to be the case? Like too? like, I don't know if it's the same for you in uh, Arizona or whatnot, but like yeah. seems, they're, they're both willing to like work for their money and they're both willing to like actually work for an honest living. Yeah, I would agree. I know like my grandpa, he was a machinist in Chicago. So very blue collar, very hardworking, took pride in what they do. Um, I think like my dad, he went into IT. So he was more the first that went more, I guess, like white collar, you could say. Um, 
but still very much, I mean, that's what they instilled in us. Like you work hard you go to college, get a job, yeah. um, be successful, that kind of stuff. But yeah, a hundred percent. It's still the same, like out here. It's good stuff. Yeah. That's a really great similarity to point out too. I, I yeah. never really thought about that, but it, that definitely transcends both cultures. Like, you know, I've heard lots of jokes, like, you know, like in Texas saying that like Czechs are the white Latinos and, and Europe, and I know, and, and I know, like I had a publisher from Chicago once say that Poles were the Latinos of Europe, just like in how like the work ethic is there, and like they're willing to do jobs that a lot of like the, you know, like Western Europeans don't want to do. Both cultures want to do it. They want to work hard, go to a place, work hard, and build their family up, and instill in them values that make them successful. I think. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point too, because like you know, some people look down on that and be like, oh, they're working blue collar and whatnot, but then. They're working for honest living. A lot of times they go out, they start their own businesses. And like, I mean, you look down on them, but they're conning you and charging their own prices on you in the long run. So <laughs> they're living pretty damn well, I'd say. <laughs> um, yeah, they're big on like skill sets too. Yeah. So, you know, the apprenticeship and taking pride in like some things that people don't do anymore. Like um, my dad's dad was um, like a printer press type thing. So he would do like, invitations for quinceaneras and weddings and I remember he had like the old press he had to like let put all the letters and like hand do it yeah yeah we did that up until maybe like high school and then my dad would help on the computer but it's I don't know I want to call it like old world it's just things you don't see anymore that they were interested in and you know they liked and grandpa he still tinkered my mom's dad he still tinkers with stuff yeah so. yeah so that, that, that kind of like brought up a point in my mind here. When you were growing up as a kid, did um, did you engage a lot in the cultural activities of both sides, uh, or was it like was it mainly just like your family that was kind of like pushing it down on you, or did you go and like attend a lot of the cultural events and stuff? Um, I know you said obviously there's not a lot in Arizona, but so you you lived in Chicago prior to going there. Um, no, I was born and raised in Phoenix. So. Okay, my bad, my bad. But- no, it's like, yeah, I know everybody thinks I'm from Chicago for how much I talk about it. Um, but yeah. we would go back like in the summers, um, like cultural stuff. I'd say it kind of just happened organically in the family. Like we never really went to festivals or anything until my sister and I were older. Um, and we learned more about like the history. Yeah. Um, Cause we're both huge history buffs. So, um, I think once we started learning about world war two, we're like, Hey, wait, we started asking questions like, where'd we come from and all that stuff. But I'd say it happens more when we go back to Chicago. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's just more out there. The food, the restaurants, the family. Um, I don't know. There's just more opportunities out there to engage with it. So I'd say we maybe leaned more towards the Slavic side just because we didn't have it in Phoenix. So we do it more in Chicago. Hmm. Um, is there a large Ecuadorian community in Phoenix? Or is it like most like, you know, other Latino ethnic groups that are out there? Oh gosh. Um, there's a decent amount. Um, and I'd say my dad's family knows most of them. Like it's pretty, it's kind of small. Um, we're a mix. We've got everything from El Salvadorian, Peruvian, um, usually more like Central America with a little bit of South America mixed in. Okay. Sounds like good food, man. So we, we've talked a ton about a lot of the comparisons and I guess we'll continue to do it as well. But I'm just curious, do you, in, in your mind, are there any like major things that like separate the two cultures? So like when you were growing up, were there a lot of like, were there differences that were like very noticeable or 
Not really? Not, not really. Well, I guess like the biggest difference is like the Slavic side when they came over, it was a big push. English, we speak Polish, Czech at home. So not as much of that transferred over. Whereas, and I think my dad having to learn English as a kid, those grandparents, it was harder to speak to them because it, it was Spanish first. They kind of understood English. So I, I'd say more the language barrier. It was kind of a different mentality of, um, okay, we came to America. How are we going to assimilate versus mm, we're just going to stick to what we know? Um, I'd say that was probably like the biggest difference. That's, a, that's, that's not too too crazy then. Wow. Very <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That, that... That, that that's it. Sounds seems like they're very similar. Then, yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I guess like another thing too for me, when you're growing up, I know there's like like both cultures tend to be very protective of their kids and stuff, and are very like active in like how they're like growing up. Did you did you find that to be the case as well, where they were like strict or whatnot? Yes and no. So it's kind of funny because I didn't really realize my dad was like an immigrant dad until I was <laughs> way old. Yeah. Um. And I don't know, I will, like, if you were to speak to him, he doesn't have an accent. So I think growing up, we just figured, oh, I don't know. Um, he's American, whatever. But looking back on it, yeah, they were strict, but we never pushed it either. Like, we didn't really do anything out of the norm to really find the strictness. Like, I remember in high school, like, I think my parents were begging me to go out. They're like, please go do something <laughs> with your friends. Like, stop studying so it's almost the opposite like they were strict but my sister and I were like so like perfectionists <laughs> they were like please go do something <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, so, that's so wild to hear oh my gosh I wish my mom was like that <laughs> yeah. oh my god <laughs> um so quick question to I'm assuming that that you were raised probably catholic as well yep. i was born and raised yep stuff yeah that, that's 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 another thing that like kind of transcends both like the slavic side well i guess i, I would yeah, say west slavic, slavic and, like yeah. croatian slovenian and then yeah. the latino side west slavic like us are i guess well we've encountered a lot in tiktok recently about people namely harping on you about the catholic stuff oh um, yeah i saw that i'm like so are people just like assuming atheism like i don't understand how that started or where it's going that's more thing specifically not a polish thing polish people yeah. are pretty catholic in the diaspora yeah. and in poland yeah czechs have to deal with a lot czech americans are mostly catholic and czechs in europe have become very irreligious because of communism and so it results in like a lack it results in broad differences and like a, in different mentalities i think and it's like you'll see on TikTok or Instagram people commenting like, oh, you're not really Czech, you're wearing a cross. And I'm like, dude, like half of the Czech Republic is wearing crosses because like their grandma gave it to them or for fashion reasons. A, B, like the whole Czech diaspora is Catholic. Like like yeah. in Texas, like if you were not Catholic, you were not considered Czech. So <laughs> like the, the fact that Czech Republic is mostly atheist today was like a shocker to me when I was in college when I learned this. Hmm. Yeah, because, like, my grandpa, his parents, you know, left Czech Republic in, like, the mid-20s. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. growing up, I get so I guess that they were Catholic. Something happened in Chicago, some 
beef with the church, I think, or something. And they weren't really practicing. And just growing up, my mom said grandpa never went to church. It was grandma taking mm -hmm. the kids. And then now that they're retired, he'll go with her. So in my head, like I never really associated like checks just because, you know, in my little nuclear family, like grandpa didn't go, just grandma. So that, that's interesting you say that because I have noticed like a lot of Czech Americans, like, you know, despite the fact they're very proud of their Catholic identity a lot of the time, like they do tend to be less religious than like Polish Americans. Like, you know, they're not as active in the church unless it's something they like, you know, when like, they're living in a Czech community, like there will be some Czechs that are very active, but a lot of them are kind of more like just chill with it. Like they'll go every couple of weeks and stories like yours are not uncommon. I've heard many Czech grandpas that got stubborn about going to church and then yeah. didn't go for <laughs> periods of time or Czech dads got stubborn because something happened at the church. There was some drama and they decided not to go for a period of time. So I, I think Czechs, despite being you know, in the diaspora Catholic, they are less, they are a little bit more lax with it than some other ethnic groups. Good point. Really good point. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, when, when you think of Poles, you think of like very Catholic people, both in the home front as well as here. Uh, I haven't really met too many like atheists or super irreligious Poles. I'm sure they're out there, just not in like any like extreme numbers or whatnot. And I think there's there's like a stereotype for Czechs. You guys are atheists or agnostic or whatnot. You've been over to Czechia. I have not. And you've seen a ton of people partaking yeah. in like churches and stuff like that and all the events, um, which is it's just odd. And it's, it's, it's one of those weird side points. Um, it really is bizarre because they're like in Czech Republic, like a lot of not all, but like some of my friends are Christians and like they're not, you know, they're not going to like, you know, like go around like yelling I'm Christian. But like you can tell they're Christian, like they have crucifixes and stuff. Yeah. And um, like I said in a recent video, like I don't know anybody in the Czech diaspora that is atheist. So <laughs> there is that stereotype though, because for Poles, we would never like you would never guess that. And same for like if I were to be like, oh hey, Mexicans are atheists, nobody would believe that. You'd be like, what? No, that doesn't make any sense. Or if I were to say it about like any of South America, it's like, you'd be like, no, nah, dude, that, that that doesn't make any sense. Um, it's odd that that. that just like that weird thing. I guess that's kind of like a small difference of sorts, but it's a battle I wish I didn't have to fight to try to say <laughs> the Czech Americans yeah. are not atheists, we're Catholic, but I feel like I have to get, I have feel like I have to show the world that we're actually, you know, you can be atheist, that's fine. Everyone can believe, believe what they want, but I want to show that like, you know, we're not, like we are Christian in the diaspora. It's like, it feels like we're invisible sometimes, but we're, we're Christians. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's it's different for me, though, I guess, just being Polish. Um, I didn't really have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. And, like, the church and, like, Catholicism is very, like, embedded in our culture. And, like, the same with a lot of, the, like, the Latin American, South American cultures as well. It's very, very deep in the culture. People are super active with it. And it's just, like, it's, like, deep to the heart and stuff. Um, so, for like, myself, I can make that comparison just between the Poles and uh, South Americans as well. So that's that's cool. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't realize like this isn't like growing up, especially in Phoenix, like you have a lot of missions and yeah, predominantly yeah. I saw a lot of just like a Latin culture at church. And so, but at home we would do more Polish traditions, like St. Nicholas day, stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. and I didn't realize like they didn't do that. It was kind of interesting, like how the culture mixes with the religion. And then um, just going back to and going to mass in Chicago. And I was like, Oh, there's more white people going to church. Cause in Arizona, like 
there weren't a lot of white Catholics. It sounds really weird, but like where I grew up, it was kind of mixed versus heavily more Hispanic. And so going back into Chicago, I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. I, I always joke. I, I call Chicago like the Polish Mecca. It's yeah. just, a, a, oh my God, it's just filled with Polish people in every damn Catholic church. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's cool to see. When um, Pope John Paul II passed away, we had, we were in there, we went visiting that spring. I had never seen so many Polish flags on the roofs of the cars, the hoods of cars, front yards, houses, up on uh, everything. And I just, like, you know that there's a high population, but it was like everywhere. You would have thought like he passed away in Chicago for how much there was. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely interesting. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the sense of pride too that like you see between those two places as well. In Chicago, you're gonna find a ton of like Polish flags and stuff. Um, and like the Polish culture is very evident. And then like of course, in like Hispanic dominated areas, you see that very evident as well. Like we were just in Miami, and I thought it was super super cool to find like the, the Cuban pride and how many flags you saw. And like they were so in tune with the culture. Mm -hmm. It was very similar to that. I don't know. I, I think it was just. It was beautiful. It was so cool to see. Yep. Same out here. Mainly more with the Mexican culture, which is mm -hmm. obviously we're so close. Um, but I think we're starting to see a lot more groups kind of identify and showcase like their pride and stuff, which I think is fun to see too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's I definitely it's awesome. a beautiful thing, I think, to start seeing like, you know, groups that kind of like you didn't see in the past, like putting themselves out there, starting to like, you know, put their flags out like for like their heritage days or their, you know, national days, whatever. And like trying to like, you know, kind of say, talk more and more about it. Cause I think like Texas checks are kind of like that. Like in the past, they're kind of quiet. Like we were very, we were a large group. We just like kind of were very insular and didn't really want to talk about the culture much to outsiders. But now more and more, we're starting to like, you know, pr promote it. So I love seeing us and like other ethnic groups, Slavic, Latino, and from all over the world starting to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild too that like in the US, you're going to find like, not everybody is like super approving of that either. I have a Polish flag. You obviously, you have a Polish flag literally in the background there. And you have a Czech flag in the opposite room. Um, but like not everybody likes that. And there's a lot of cultures here in the U.S. that would be like, I don't know, like, like the stereotypical like American culture where it's like you've assimilated every, into like every way and like your, your former culture is gone. And they're like, oh, you know, just have that American flag. Why do you need to have that? You just have to be American, blah, blah, blah. And like you can do both. And like we, we've actively like we've tried to push that that you can be an American, be very proud of being an American, all while embracing your culture. Because I think by doing that, that arguably makes you even more American. Absolutely. I think so, too. Like, um, I think, like, you know, a big thing for us is trying to emphasize being Slavic American, like, you know, and have, like, and showing, like, our identity as both. Um, like, for example, I cannot imagine myself being a Czech Czech. <laughs> I'm Czech American. I'm Slavic yeah. American. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It's just nice knowing, like, there's more to you than just being like or you know the, just the way you do certain things or the way you think of certain things like there's a reason behind it it's your culture it's where you come from so spice tea as well right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i enjoy calling myself a a, a spicy white person but uh <laughs> me too <That's> awesome. yeah. <laughs> all righty but uh i guess we should probably start trying to wrap this up we've been going on for a little bit we don't try to go past 30 minutes a little bit you know Ah, we don't try to go past 30 minutes a little bit too uh, too much there. So, mm -hmm. um, you got anything, Austin? 
Um, that's everything I have. Um, Samantha, thank you so much for joining. Yeah. And it was a pleasure talking to you, kind of like getting to know about your experience. Thank you for sharing your experience as being both Slavic and Latina at the same time. It's a great combination. And I think that it's something that you don't hear much about. So really, it was an honor to have you. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for having me and inviting me on. That was awesome. And I appreciate the work you guys are doing with sharing the culture. Oh, for sure. One more thing, too, right before we get out of here. So I want to know, <laughs> just so I, I'm not tripping here. Um, do you think that that Slavic women are aggressive, like just as much as like stereotypically Latinas are? Um, yeah, even though in my family, not so much in other families. Uh, yeah, they're about the same. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So everybody that's listening, I want you to take notice of that. Don't go up to like a Czech or Polish girl and think she's going to be like some like, like some like really nice girl who's going to like, you know, pamper you and spoil you like the stereotypes say. Oh, she'll kick she, your ass. She ain't going to come easy and she's going to kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the quiet ones were kind of rare, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But thank you again, Sammy. We loved having you on here and we definitely want to have you uh, on here again in the future because you are awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. I'd love to. All right. But uh, thanks, everybody that's made it this far along. We appreciate you guys here. You guys are our lifeblood. Uh, and we'll see you guys again next time. Dovizenia. Dovizenia. Dovizenia.